what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Let's go. Welcome to Buckets, the NBA betting podcast from the Action Network. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleague, NBA Futures Analyst, Brandon Anderson. As we get through the dog days of the NBA summer, the schedule is going to be out later this week. We're recording this on Tuesday. Schedule's coming out on Wednesday. We'll have a reaction episode for you on our normal day on Thursday. If you're like, but everybody plays the same people, how, how can you have a schedule reaction? Don't get fooled. Not all NBA schedules are created equal, and I'll give you some guides on how to incorporate that information into your betting on the Thursday episode a reminder that everything we talk about today is found in the award-winning action network app which you can find wherever you get applications for your mobile device and you will in it be able to get up to the second information on where the bets and money you're coming in on for WNBA bets we're going to talk about some WNBA at the end of the pod uh, as well as all the nba obviously nfl college football all that stuff and we've got a new media center where you can catch a version of this podcast both in audio and video form and You'll be able to catch all the other great podcasts like Big Bets on Campus that continues to do their conference previews, the Action Network podcast, which is going to be ramping up with NFL content, all sorts of great stuff. Check it out on the Action Network app. Today, this is your guide to how to bet NBA divisions. And we're going through the process of betting all these different things in the NBA. So we did how to bet various awards, and now we're transitioning to futures bets. We're going to talk about divisions. Next week, we'll talk about conference and title odds, and then we'll talk about win totals before we actually start breaking it down week by week. We'll get into the actual win total guide, uh, conference, or I'm sorry, division by division. But division winner sometimes is valuable. And Brandon, for me, when we look at these division odds, uh, uh, the way I've started to frame looking at division is it's a counter option to your win totals bet. So... If you're looking at the the landscape of these teams, and people forget the divisions are a thing in the NBA. Like Zach Lowell is always joking about this, about how he doesn't know what division the teams are in. And it's actually a really important thing in the NBA. And you're and everyone listening is like, get out of here. It's not important. Come on. Nobody raises a banner for division. It's true. Nobody, you shouldn't, you should not raise it. it goes up in practice facilities most times. Divisions are important for a number of reasons. One, if you win your division, you're probably going to get a top four seed. It's not guaranteed anymore, but it's very likely that if you win your division, you're going to get a top four seed. Two, division matters a lot in tiebreaker. A lot. If you split the season series of the team 2-2, but you won the division, guess what? You get that tiebreaker. Uh, if it's a three-team tie and you won your division, the other teams, the other two teams didn't. Guess who gets that tiebreaker? You do, because you're the division winner. Division winner still has a big meaningful place in deciding how seedings are established, which we'll also talk seedings bets in upcoming episodes as well when we talk about win totals. But for me, Brandon, division is a way you get longer odds because you're basically playing these teams versus the others. But if you look at a win total and you go, I like the over here by a certain magnitude, I think they're going to be way above that. You should always be looking to see if you're going to get better return on the number based off of betting the division rather than just the win total. Yeah, so you you really just made the case for, you know, li- listeners who have been listening to both of us, basically you made the case for why Brandon loves betting divisions <laughs> because this is a way for me to bet longer numbers and bigger payouts, which that's my thing, going for that ROI, 
but it, it's a way for me to bet the extremes, to kind of bet the outliers and say, okay, what if this team has a bottom 10 or 20 percentile season? And though they're the favorite, what door does that open? What if this other team has a top 10 percentile season? What's that look like? And how much ground can they close? Can they get to a division lead? And I think, too, for most divisions, you can effectively rule out a team or two. These are all five team divisions. So really, these end up coming down to almost a head to head bet or a, a one of three bet. So I love betting divisions because when I bet on a team, more often than not, that's also a way that I'm fading another team. So it's like, all right, well, I don't like X and Y about this team. I do like this about the other team. I can kind of parlay those together as a concept into a division bet. So I think there's a lot there with these divisions. Uh, I personally, this will not come as a surprise to you. I don't bet a lot of division favorites because I don't feel like that's really the right angle to go on these, especially some of these favorites. We're going to get at like a minus 400 in the preseason. I don't, I don't see the value of that. Like the season is long. A lot can go wrong. And even if you're right, you tied up your money a long time to, to get back like 20 cents on the dollar after that. So I do think though, the divisions, you know, when we did the podcast last year, these are ones we're going to come back to all year long. Like, for, for you, building positions and kind of adding the portfolio, divisions, are, I think, are a great way to do that. And I think that the, the prices here are not necessarily always as sharp as some of the conference and title future prices. For me, I would much rather play division of those three because we got 82 games and we're out. And then we have a winner. And it's not like, oh, well, Giannis got hurt in game 81 and now he's out for the playoffs and there goes my title future. Like it's just 82 games and it's over. There's no championship game at the end. There's no fluke one outcome in the last game for most of them. It's it's a bigger sample size. So I actually think there's a lot to like with playing divisions. When you approach, because you've given me some of your percentages on the chances of these things, how did you reach the the percentage numbers that you've got for each division? Because I don't have this done. Like you've got all all the bets that you've made, which don't give me them yet. We'll get to them. But how did you reach your percentage chance that they were going to win the division? How did you come up with that number? Yeah, so it's kind of the end of a of my long process of getting ready for the season. So as I as I go through the season, and we'll talk about when we get to these teams later on, I'm looking at, okay, who's in? Who's out? What are the changes from last year to this year? What was the offensive rating last year? What was the defensive rating? I'm kind of like building the team profile. And as I do that, that all leads to, okay, so where do I rate them this year? Like, what's the range of outcome offense, defense? And then what does the range of outcome look like realistically for win total? And so I'll have like, all right, this team, I put them at 50 to 56 wins. This other team in the division, I've got them at, you know, 46 to 54 wins. Maybe it's a little bit wider because it's a little more uncertainty. And so then I'm basically taking those win ranges and then... If we're going to nerd out a little bit here, I'm thinking of like kind of a a normal curve distribution and thinking, okay, okay, well, what's the median outcome? That's basically the one right in the middle for the most part. And then, okay, well, what's the likelihood that they're hitting that high end? And for the top team, for the favorite, you know, what is is the likelihood of them hitting that high end or median? That's probably going to be enough to win in most cases. What's the percentage likelihood of that? Just based on like a standard normal distribution sort of thing. And then especially more so as, okay, you know, if you're going to look at the second favorite or the third favorite, did the favorite, you know, if they hit the 25th percentile outcome or the 10th percentile, something on the lower end, 
that's where the door opens. But it's not just the door has to open. You need the Bucks to be worse than expected, but you also need whoever the team you're betting on, the Bulls, Cavs, Pistons, Pacers, you need them to hit the high end of the spectrum or in, in some of those cases, the very high end of the spectrum. So it's kind of just calculating, okay, what's the percentage the bad thing happens for this team? And what's the percentage the good things happens for the other team? They're mostly independent. And then you just kind of multiply them together and you come out with, you know, effective percentages of, of likelihood outcomes. And, you know, this is a math game for me. I'm a math guy. We got the numbers here. Each each odds we're looking at is a percentage of that we need to be better than in order to bet on it. So then I just kind of uh, start with what are my percentages and then compile what we got at the books. And if there's an edge there, then that's the bet. Okay, so let's say that somebody takes a different approach and they're basing it off of their win totals, right? And they're, you know, your casual better who's like, I think they're going to win 58 games or I think they're going to win 48 games or whatever. Um, what do you think that we should build in as like a reasonable? And again, there's a statistical model that we can build for this. I haven't done it, uh, but there's probably a statistical model we can build in for this. But how, what do you think is our, our margin of error here? Like how, how many wins do you think you need to be clear of the second place team in order to feel confident in taking that bet? Like, I understand this is different from your process. For yeah. me, I would say that you need your over under probably needs to be two and a half. Like you need to be a, a, about you need to feel like you can get three wins of clearance because of the complication of tiebreakers. Like if you're within a handful, if you're within two, okay, two games go haywire, and now you're in this position. If one of the games that went haywire is like a random, you were missing everybody, and they won the season series two one or three one, then they get a tiebreaker and they go they go above you, and then they get the division win. So. Like, how confident do you need to be in in the differential above them? Yeah. Or is that, or do you think I'm wrong in thinking that that's the way to look at it? No, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think there's necessarily a black and white answer. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You're right to think about like these things can be very close, and they almost certainly will be very close in in many of the cases. And what you didn't mention too, we got the tiebreaker, so you're within a game or two. But if you're looking at like Celtic Sixers, they play four times, and oh no. You like the Sixers, but they just happened to play twice within a 10-day span when Joel Embiid and James Harden were both out. Now you lost both the games. So you lost two games head-to-head. You lost the tiebreaker. But more importantly, you fell two games in the standings to the team that you needed to beat in the standings. Right. So it, it, it's one game in the, in the division matchup actually matters quite a bit because it's a swing game both ways. So... I do think that it matters to pay attention to those things. To answer your question, though, of so what clearance do you need? Is it two games, two and a half, three games? I think it depends on the odds that you're looking at here. If you're looking at the favorite, if you want to bet the favorite, I'm going to have to feel pretty comfortable in my confidence. Like I'm going to need a pretty solid interval lead on, okay, even if this team hits a lower end outcome, not a terrible one, but a lowish one. And even if some of the other teams in the division hit some of the higher outcomes, do I still feel there's a, you know, a two, three, four game cushion ish mm-hmm. in there? Then I'll maybe consider the favorite. And I do have one team like that in here, but if you're on the other side, what if you're, what if I'm looking at the third team, in that division, and I think, okay, well, I can get them up to being within a three or four game cushion, but they're 10 to one or they're 20 to one. Right. Well, then that might still be worth playing because if I can get close enough, the odds are going to get shorter. And now we're back to portfolio play. And there will be a time where, you know, it's February 20th 
and we're tied in the division. And my bet's not going to pay off. I still like the favorite, but now I can get the favorite at a better price and kind of get both sides. So let's talk about how to bet this in the season. Your biggest problem, like it is night to night in the NBA, like it is with anything that involves this 82-game season that we're so attached to because of money, <laughs> the problem's going to be injuries. And the the larger problem, I think, with the injuries is, so I bet Cavs and Bulls aggressively last season for the division. They had a lead. They had better metrics. They had all these indications. I felt great about it. The wheels fell off Chicago when Alice Caruso goes down, Lonzo Ball goes down, the bottom falls out of the defense. They slide just enough for them to dip. Like, to be clear, the Bulls still could have won that division last year. They were in it. The Cavs still could have won that division. The Cavs were in a good spot. They lose Jarrett. They had a three big lineup that we thought was crazy, and then it worked, and then they lost two of the three bigs for most of the, the second half of the season. And so, look, with anything, injuries is part of sports betting, and it's always going to be a risk to you. The divisions in particular are where this stuff gets really haywire because the Bucks basically got healthier as the season went on. The other teams got more hurt. And now the Bucks, who were a dog, wound up coming back and winning that division. Yeah, um, but, but to spin it, though, the injuries are a problem, but the injuries also were an opportunity. Because yep. if you saw that coming, then you can bet the box, the team that was the heavy favorite before the year at a much better price in year when you're like, well, they're getting healthy. There's an opportunity here. So th this really is a place, especially if you look at a five team division and if you're pretty confident, I can rule these two teams out. And of the other three, I know I want no part of this third team, whatever the, that team is. So now you're just down to like, OK, how can I watch these two teams? and catch them at the up and down, at the downswings in the schedule, then you can really build some nice positions on these. So you can play the injuries on the schedule to your advantage for sure. The market will react to what has happened and not as they will wait. They will try and protect themselves for what will. But if the Bucks start off and they're like two and 10 and we're like, what's going on with Milwaukee, right? Yeah. The market's going to have to adjust for it. It just is. They're going to have to downgrade those bucks odds. And you're still talking about 12 games out of an 82 game season. So you still have all of this time. The difference with this versus the awards is we talked about like the timing of when to catch these. This one is real. It's a lot more. If you want to bet division in season and you want to be like, I actually want to like build a position on this or I want to bet it multiple times. You've got to be plugged into the flows and the ups and downs. You really need to be plugged into what the schedule looks like for all the teams in that division that you're looking to bet in terms of how it improves, not only what it looked like before the season, but you need to go back and be like, Oh, they're playing a bunch of teams. Like their strength of schedules improved or has gotten a lot tougher because a lot of the teams they were facing in the back half that have low win totals preseason are way better than we thought they would be. Like all of those types of factors, I think yeah. matter when you're looking at it, you need to look at the entire landscape, but look, there, there are certain things I think that are dependable. Um, I'll return once again to the same kind of stuff that we've talked about with regard to other things. And this is something I harp on all the time, but I'm going to come back to it. Performance versus teams under 500, your performance versus home in home games and your performance versus division opponents. If you win those three categories, you're going to have a high seed. You're going to win a ton of games. You're going to win 50 plus and you're going to win your division. Um, the division record matters a ton. If you wind up in a three-way tie for the division, which is entirely possible with a lot of these situations, 
which we'll talk about when we get to these next. Um, if you get in those kind of spots, how you your division record is the first tiebreaker. That's your first one, right? It versus the 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 opponents in a lot of these situations. So, like division record winds up mattering. Uh, if you're at midseason and a team hasn't played, or if you're at Christmas and a team hasn't played a lot of home games, but they've been good in the home games they've played. If they haven't played a lot of teams under 500, but they've been good in those things, if you're just like, man, they just lost to a bunch of really good teams, that's a great opportunity to buy low on them. And you can track those numbers. Finding the value is a matter of you still need to be able to, to put and a percentage chance that you think this happens, whether you're running numbers on it or you're just putting out like, I think there's a 60% chance. I think there's a 35% chance that this team can come back and win the division. Okay, we've got the odds calculator on the actionnetwork.com and the app. You can plug that in and get a comparison to see what your EV is there and figure out if there is actually value on that bet. If you're like, I think there's a 35% chance and it plugs in, it's like now the EV is on this is 35. It's zero. Your EV is zero. Then you know what? Yeah. That's not the time. Wait for you to get yourself a better number. Don't don't lose points at, at any time. You have the tools to do this. Um, even if you're just guesstimating, at least make the most educated guess that you can throughout the season. Yeah. One thing that you're good at pointing out too, since we're talking about how and when to bet, I think it's important to note also, you can't bet too late in the year. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're good at pointing that out that we get down to late in the season and it's like, all right, there's, there's 16 games left. And I made the mistake of doing this last year. I, I kept thinking that the nuggets were maybe going to catch the jazz. The jazz were just falling off a little bit and Denver was right there. And it's like, Oh, we're only three games back, but like, Three games back with 15, that's yeah. that's not nothing. Like, that is a, a real gap. So I think it's important. You can play this a lot throughout the year, but early in the year, you've got 70 games left. That's a ton of time to make up ground of a two, three, four game lead. But you've got to flip the math on the other end, too, and know that, like, once we get to mid-March and beyond, like, there's there's just not much time left here. And especially... You've got tanking teams at that point. So you've got some wins that are just like near lock wins going into the game. It's just not easy to close that three, four win gap. It's not as easy as you would think that it could be. So the odds, I think, toward the end of the year, it's not the time to try to grab your crazy long shot. But earlier in the year, getting these like three to one, four, five to one sort of range is about right. But one other question I have on division would you rather, if you're going to bet, you know, the second or third team in the division, would you rather bet on a division where there's one clear favorite and bet kind of one of the underdogs? Or would you rather bet on a division where, you know, like, like for, for example, the Bucks are a clear favorite in their division, or you got like Heat Hawks where it's a little closer. What sort of division bet do you prefer between those two? So my answer is actually, uh, there's another way. Um, uh-huh. So, okay. The math on this is where it gets tough. You have to have a lot of confidence in your predictions. The bigger books, the smaller ones will not allow you to do this. You're going to need to get this at FanDuel, DraftKings, books with a large handle, okay? Depend- and do you may be limited depending on how much you're betting, just as a heads up. You can round robin division bets. You're parlaying two different outcomes. That involves Theoretically, it involves like if you're doing three, if you're doing a a three team round robin, that's 12 teams that you're looking at, 15 teams rather. You only have 15 teams that you're trying to to evaluate the outcome, but you're not really. Like I can tell you right now, the Magic are not winning the division. The Wizards are not winning the division. 
the Hornets are like, I don't think so. Feel pretty confident. It's going to be Heater Hawks. And so one of the things that I've taken to doing, Brandon, is I'll actually round robin those two with another team that I feel confident as a best bet. This isn't like the only way I bet this, but we can go ahead and start talking about some of these now. For example, um, you and I are going to differ on Southwest Division. I like the Mavs a lot. And I'm getting the Mavs as a plus number. So if I take Mavs and I take Mavs plus Heat Hawks, I got to get one of Heat Hawks and Mavs right. And yeah, there's risk here. The, again, the percentages on these, you can just play them straight up. You absolutely can just play them straight up. And I will too. I'll do both. But my payout increases pretty substantially on these divisions because they're all lower numbers. We're looking at plus 200 or better on a lot of these. And on the ones that aren't, that's an even like for me, that's an even bigger opportunity to like, okay, let's throw in the bucks into all these three teamers, uh, these three team round robins, and let's do it that way. And that gets you these outcomes, which to me, are a little bit better. That's how I manage some of this. And it's how I get around including the favorites that I like in Beth, instead of having to lay the 10 to the minus 1000 on Milwaukee. Yeah. If I like Milwaukee, which again, we're going to disagree on, I can include them in these bets because to me, if I'm just like, that's happening, like I'm in on that. That's like 80%, 80% or higher. Again, fully aware of the math issues here. But your overall value outcomes to me are worth at least looking at those options as you're looking the part. I'm not like recommending that over straight bets. I'm not. But I like it as in terms of the option to do that. I think if you have a, a real good sense and feel for who's going to win these divisions or you feel like you do, I like going that approach. Yeah, I, I think that's one definite way you can do it. Another way that that I looked at, I hadn't really considered this before. But again, take take a division like let's take the Atlantic, for example. If you look at a division and you can rule out teams that you are absolutely certain, I don't think the New York Knicks are going to win the division this year. If you're going to rule them out and then that's not going to do a lot for you because they're only at like 65 to one. But if you look and you say, okay, look, the Nets are five to one. I don't see any way, no way Kevin Durant and that team play this year. They are not a division winner. I know the Knicks aren't going to win. I know the Nets aren't going to win. I just want to bet on not the Nets or the Knicks. Right. I want to bet on anyone else. You can do that. And you can play Celtics, Sixers, and Raptors. And if you get the best odds available, you can play all three of those as basically adding it up to just under a 91% likelihood. So if you think that there is effectively a 100% that one of those three wins, I want Celtics, I want Sixers, or you know what? Give me a little Raptors just in case KD goes there. That's very much the opposite of how I bet. But if you want to just kind of treat this as like, you know what? That's a that's a 9% return on my investment. And I'm just going to treat this like a bank and put some money in and get a little back out at the end of the year and make, make a small amount of profit on a very sure thing that I feel good about. That could be another option. Of course, there is no sure thing. The Nets and Knicks could win the division. We don't know. But if you feel like there's a spot there, you know, it, in these, basically, they're all limited markets. There only are five teams that can win the outcome. So if you can rule out a couple of them, that's another option you could do. So I'm also very big on the one, two finishes in division, which is kind of correlated with this. So if we take, let's take the Heat Hawks example here. Okay. Um, 
again, you can convert all the stuff on the on the calculators that we've got at Action Network. So at, at DraftKings, one Hawks or one Heat, two Hawks is implied forty four percent. One Hawks, two Heat is twenty eight point six. So what that gets us back on the back end is if you bet both of those at plus one twenty five uh, and plus two fifty, you're coming out with a minus two sixty four. So the quite and with an implied odds of seventy two point five seven. Okay, it's high, right? Do I think that there is a do I think there's a, essentially a better a seventy five percent chance or better that the Hawks and Heat finish one two in that division? It's a high bar. There's a lot of variance there, right? Like the Hawks get like Trey Young gets hurt. And all of a sudden that that bet's dead. Uh, Jimmy Butler, well, no, the Heat are probably are pretty resistant. So I would actually kind of counter that. Um, but do I think I, I actually kind of do? Like, I do think that the percentage chance of those two teams being one and two versus Charlotte, Washington and Orlando is greater than 72.6%. Because it's interesting that you're taking so many long shots as we start these to look at these these divisions. Because for me, Oftentimes, we don't see a lot of jumps from the bad teams. I looked this up, and um, the only 14 out of the last 48 division winners have won 42 or fewer games the previous season. Only 14 out of 48. So if they're a bad team, their chances of making the leap to a division winner is pretty small. Now, maybe second disrupts that, right? Because I haven't pulled those numbers. But I do think that that's like, I think that there is these markets are heavily weighted towards favorites accurately. And so I think that there's still kind of ways to trust in those numbers. It's funny because basically I'm looking for ways to bet the favorites at longer numbers. And you're looking for ways to bet the dogs at longer numbers than you think they should be, which I, I think that's a really good approach, honestly. So let's go ahead and start there. Okay. Let's start with the central division some to get some picks here going. The Bucks are minus 420. The Bulls are plus 500. The Cavs are plus 1,000 at 10 to 1. And the Pistons are 200 to 1 at DraftKings. The Pacers are 300 to 1 <laughs> at DraftKings. I'll just let you have the floor here. Give, give, me, the, give me your <laughs> pick. I say the pick first and then give me the explanation. I'm taking the Cavs because, of course, I'm taking the Cavs 10 to 1. I'm taking the Cavs on every podcast and everything, all the Cavs. So here's the explanation. Pistons, Pacers, no. I'm out on the Bulls. I'm not as out as I was last year, but I don't think in this race, I don't really put them in it. I I give the Bulls about a 5% chance. Bucks should correctly be the biggest favorite on the board. Even so, I have the Bucks winning somewhere in the 50s, essentially. And the somewhere depends on, do they care? Do they want a one seed? Do they want to push for an MVP for Giannis? Do they want to go all out? That is what bud teams tend to do normally, but also they're still off that championship glow and kind of know, hey, you know what? If Chris had been healthy last year, we might be champions twice in a row right now. Let's just stay healthy and get ready for the playoffs. To me, that's the margin here. If I know teams are just going to try, this is a Bucks or nothing, and that's it. Like the Bucks are the best team, period. But because of the possibility that, you know what, the Bucks might leave the door open because I'm not sure this matters a ton to them. I like a lot about the Cavs. We've talked a lot about it. We'll come back more to them later. I like Evan Mobley. I like what the defense is going to look like, and the defense giving a team a very high floor is a thing I'll always keep coming back to. I think the Cavs are still long shots here because the Bucks are that good. 
but I give the Cavs somewhere around a 20% chance of the division. It's pretty low. That's, that's a low number. You're likely to lose your bet. I think 10 to one is just way too long here. Uh, I would put them effectively, I guess, for my numbers, I would swap the Bulls and Cavs position in, in how they're rating the odds here. I think the Cavs to me are clearly better than the Bulls. And if the Cavs were at a plus 500, I would feel like that's about right. That's pretty close to where my number is at. So I like them at 10 to one. That's implied 9%. I have them closer to 20%. So for me, that's getting something like double the value of what the number gives. Okay. One, Mike Budenholzer absolutely dominates division games. He sure he does. dominates them. <laughs> he, this is my, if you follow me along, like I bet on his division games over and over and over again, because for whatever reason, from Atlanta to Milwaukee, he's been absolutely just insane with how good he's been um, in the, in these categories in playing these division games. So I have a little bit of skepticism there on top of it. This is a, we're going to talk a lot about this when we get to win totals. Uh, I've been sending you and Raj just like random tidbits for weeks now for about over about last 10 days. I started pulling all the, the historical win data in. The most fascinating top line thing, and again, we'll get a lot more into this. I'm going to have some stuff on action about it. We've used Pythagorean expectation before as this kind of like, they should have won more games last year. I was listening back yesterday to our win total stuff from last year, and my biggest argument for the Jazz was, they should have been a 68-win team last year. You're telling me they're going to drop by 17? Yeah, the Jazz went under. That was a big (laughs) hit for me. If you underperformed expectations based off of your Pythagorean wins, so if you won fewer games than you should have, okay, I actually have this, this data. Um, the under has hit 37 out of 65 times for 57% of the time. If you want to say that's not enough to bet the under on the Cavs, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. But it definitely leans away from me thinking that they're going to exceed expectations. And their win total is actually pretty low this season relative to where they performed like i w- we were kind of shocked that the Cavs were under i'm i i bet the Cavs right off the gate because of that number was low now i'm kind of like just standing away from it the bucks last year had chris middleton and drew holiday in the olympics and then right into the season i really think that that messed with things because you saw holiday and middleton go down in that first month of the season it took them until honestly I would say when Lopez got back for then maybe February for them to really get back on track like a month before he got back. I don't necessarily see there being that problem this year. I think that the schedule should be back to a lower number of back to backs. The schedule should be lower on the number of four and fives. So for me, you're right. that The trying question is important here, but given I still have some skepticism about the Cavs ability to, reach expectations based off of their new standard and whether or not last year was sustainable or not. I'm not, I'm not betting bucks minus 420. I'm not laying okay. down 420. Uh, this is a pass for me. I will probably include the bucks in some, in some round robins, but the, for like low unit plays here as like, Hey, this, if this hits, I'm, my payout's really high. I don't like anybody in this division because I think the best bet's the bucks. Um, let's go to Atlantic. And this is a fascinating one. And this is one you and I are going to be on the same page on. Hit me with your Atlantic pick. Yeah. So let me give the odds here. So we got Celtics minus 130, 
Sixers plus 300, Nets plus 500 right now while Kevin Durant is still on the roster, Raptors plus 1,000, Knicks plus 6,500. So you and I, I think, are in alignment on this one. Uh, I think the Celtics number is is not right. I think the Celtics number is way off. It's an implied 57%. I don't think that they're even the right favorite. I'm taking the Sixers. The Philadelphia 76ers are my favorite in this division. They are 3-1 to one right now. I think that's way off. That is implied 25%. I've put them close to double that. I have them just under 50-50, basically. Now the Celtics shorter. So Philadelphia, we talked about them, got two superstars, got much better pieces around them. They added the, the defensive playmakers there. Again, another team where I trust the defense a lot. I expect a very high floor because of that. Of course, that's true of Boston too. But to me, we just talked about Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, that's the three teams up at the top. And I think Philadelphia of these of those three is the team that is going to want that one seed and home court and a chance to like, hey, we got to make the finals here. Or how about the conference finals? How about start with that, Philadelphia? But they, they want to get that one seed. And especially if are those three teams, you might want the one seed to leave the other two on the other side of the bracket. So that could matter down the stretch, too. I like Philadelphia a lot. I think this probably is my favorite division play. Same with you here. A lot of reasons to fade the, the Celtics that I'll be getting into. I don't feel good about it from a basketball perspective. I feel good about it from a numbers perspective and based off of historical data. That the I've kind of wrestled with that, trying to figure out, like, do I trust the basketball side of this or do I trust the value side of it? And I just come out on the value side of it. So uh, I'm with you. I think Sixers is, a, I, I love this bet. Going to be on it. Sixers plus 300 either way I think we'll have cash out value like the worst case scenario I think is that this is down to you know Celtics minus 125 Sixers plus 100 by the end of the season and in that case we'll probably have a cash out or a hedge opportunity um, at least a break even so all this combined I'm with you 100% love this don't want the Nets don't want the Celtics think they're overpriced Raptors are the only one that I'm a little concerned about if the Raptors get KD we're screwed that's, yeah, that's it. yeah. And I, my, I have the Raptors as a slight value here. Even as much as I like the Sixers, I have the yeah. Raptors slightly underpriced. But let's talk about that really quick. The, this is the division. That's the Kevin Durant division. Yep. Because he maybe stays in Brooklyn, and now are they a contender? He maybe goes to Boston, and now I don't think we feel great about our Philly bet. Mm-hmm. Toronto, you know, I think they're right in play there. So it, we don't know. We're not going to speculate on all that. We've done enough of that. We will do more of it. But now or later when would you when are you going to make your philadelphia bet are you going to bet it now while there's a brooklyn 500 thinking that well that's actually too high he's going to leave and then i'll then i'm going to get a shorter number on philadelphia if i wait or do you want to wait it out until you know for sure where durant lands um i'm betting it now so it's possible he winds up in boston but i think the odds of him winding up in boston are approximately even with the odds that he winds up in philadelphia which has been mentioned so if he winds up in Philly, I think we feel pretty good about our six. Yeah, I so, feel all right about that. Yeah. And so <laughs> like, there's a framework there that the Nets would be happy with, but I don't know the Nets are going to be happy anyway. Um, I think it's very likely that he winds up in Miami. Like the three teams I keep coming back to are Miami, Phoenix, Philly. There's four. Miami, Phoenix, Philly, and Boston. Those are teams I think he wants to be on. I don't necessarily think that he's like, Screw Toronto. I hate Toronto. I, I think that he's just not as into those ideas. And I think that that matters quite a bit. If you're Masai Ujiri, do you really want to give up everything you'd have to give up? Even if you don't give up Barnes to get KD and KD's like, oh, I'm not feeling it. Oh. I think it's too much of a risk for him. 
So, so I still like this. I bet the Sixers already. I'll probably bet, bet them again. Um, yeah. I feel okay about, about betting this one now. Yeah, I'll uh, bet it now also because I, I think that there's a little extra value there because the Nets are being priced at 17%. And I think that the Nets are going to end up more like no percent once the trade mm-hmm. happens. And I think too, even if Boston gets Kevin Durant, I'm not really sure that I think that that raises the regular season win total a ton. I actually might like it a little less because it's going to take away what makes them such a good regular season team, which it's going to make the defense a little worse because it can't get any better. And it's going to take their depth away and add in the Kevin Durant injury question marks. I might like them a little less actually in the regular season, better for the playoffs for sure, but that's not the bet here. So I think this is the time to get your Philadelphia ticket. Okay. So let's go to the Southeast. I'm staying away, staying away from this one. The Heat are minus 180 at DraftKings. The Hawks are plus 200 at FanDuel. It's your best price right now. Hornets plus 1,200. Wiz 30 to 1. And Magic 300 to 1. Do not bet the Magic as much as I like them this season. Do not bet that. Um, I'm staying away. I don't know what this Atlanta team is going to look like. They could be really good with DeJounte Murray. Like, they could be really good with DeJounte Murray. The defense was so bad last year. Even if it improves just off of variance. Does adding DeJounte get them good enough? Like, how's Trey going to be off ball? The John Collins situation is still out there. They haven't traded Capella, but they have good depth. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't. I don't know what to do. So I'm leaving this one alone. I, don't, I, I think if you're looking at the value, it's the Hawks, but I don't want to bet this one, but you do. Yeah, I do, because and, and this is, I think, just where you and I process a little differently here. I think we're basically seeing the same picture. I don't want to bet the Hornets, Wizards, Magic. No, no, thank you. This is a two-team race. The way that you look at that is you say, okay, we got two teams, head and shoulders above the rest. Let me play those one-two combos both ways. And that's how I'm going to get my sure thing win. Well, you're a sure thing better. I'm the ROI chaser. So I look at it and I say, I process it the same way. I got two teams, Heat Hawks. I literally have them the exact same win win outcome here like add them both 46 to 52 wins i have no idea i don't know i don't know who's gonna win this division they're totally different teams i think it's close to a coin flip my numbers make it close to a coin flip if i had coin flip odds i would probably lean to miami just because i think it's a little more stable outcome but the difference here is if i think it's a coin flip or close to it I got a minus 180 on one side of my coin and I got a two to one on the other side of the coin. This is just sheerly a numbers play for me. I'm getting two to one on a number that I think is close to a coin flip. I have the Hawks like 47% basically, and I'm getting two to one on it. I'm getting 33% to my 47%. So it's not a confident play in the Hawks, but I kind of like what they did. I kind of am happy to fade Miami with their older players and injuries and everything. I just feel like these teams are basically equal. So uh, to be fair, I did this last year. I did the exact same thing. I said, you know what? I'm fading the heat. I'll, I'll take a chance on the Hawks. And I'll say the same thing too, which is even if it's not right, it's going to be close enough all the way. They'll have a chance to hedge out of it. That didn't happen either because the Hawks just were never, ever in it. And that was yeah. just a loss. But I think it was the right play then. I think it's the right play now. The Southwest Division, which is going to be, uh, this is hilarious. Here's the thing. You and I agree. 
And then we disagree. <laughs> we agree that the Grizzlies should not be the favorite. We agree yeah. that we like the dogs in this division. I'm expecting regression from Memphis on multiple levels for multiple reasons. I think last year was a really special season for them. I don't like teams the year after those special seasons. They very rarely build on those. They tend to regress a little bit. Uh, they got a little bit worse in the roster, right? They lose the Anthony Melton. They lose Kyle Anderson. Jaron Jackson's injury situation, all this. Them being plus 115 at FanDuel is ridiculous. They should. This should be a lot closer. The Mavs are plus 130 at points bet. I got them on the longer number earlier in the summer, but still Mavs are plus 130. Pels uh, are plus 410. The Spurs are 50 to 1. The Rocks are, the Rockets are uh, 50 to 1 as 500. 500 500 for both of them. I'm sorry, 500 (laughs) to 1 on both of them. I do not bet either of those teams. Okay. The Mavericks, I like this spot a lot for them because I'm getting. The market is overvaluing the Jalen Brunson loss, undervaluing the Christian Wood addition, expecting a little bit of regression last year when they honestly wasn't that good last year. They should actually be maybe really actually good this year. A monster season from Luka. Um, don't have the KP in and out stuff weighing over them. They lost him Hardaway Jr. all season last year, all these type of things. So I really like the Mavs. At plus 130. And then you just jump all the way over me and are like, no, no, I don't want any of your plus 130 nonsense. <laughs> I'm taking my plus 400 on the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, really, I don't, I don't blame you, but I got to hear, I got to hear the argument. So I, I don't disagree with anything you just said on Dallas. I think Dallas is the rightful favorite here. My, my model has them about 45%. So uh, effectively, here's where I think. I think that the thing we should focus on here is actually not the Mavs or the Pelicans. I think it's the Grizzlies. I think it's fading the Grizzlies that are, that we're getting nearly 50-50 odds on the division that both you and I really agree that's not right. They shouldn't be that much of a favorite. Jaron Jackson is going to start the year likely not playing, and he tends to be a guy that takes a long time to come back and heal and get into normal flow of things. Their depth has been compromised with some of the offseason moves that they did. I think it's where the team had to go long-term, but in the short term, their depth and their defense is a big deal. Jaron Jackson missing on both ends of the court is a big deal. His spacing on offense to allow those lanes for jaw to get in there is really important. And like Brandon Clark, I love my guy, Brandon Clark, but he's not going to provide that same sort of spacing. So to me, here's where I look at this. The Pelicans look, if they're healthy, Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, we got Herb Jones, we got Jose Alvarado and defenders. Like there's a lot of talent there. The Pelicans are probably one of the like, highest variance teams to me they could go really well if everyone stays healthy but there's a lot of reasons that that might not happen or it might not mesh together it's a high variance team i don't want to bet i don't want anything really to do with their over under i want to bet on the high and low end outcomes for them that's where division bet comes in so here's here's where we're at grizzlies are 115 mavs 130 pels 410 basically my numbers say those are about the right numbers you just put the wrong teams in the wrong spot i think the mavs should be about at the 115. That'd be about right. So I actually think the Mavs number, eh, slight value, pretty close. But I would put the Pels as a second team. I think the Pelicans, not 130. That's a little short there. But I would put them as a slight underdog to the, to the Mavs. And I put the Grizzlies at the long number. I, I have the Grizzlies at about 15%. They're, they're really a team that, like, Grizzlies would be basically the worst bet on the whole board to me. That that's just, that number is way off from where I have it. So. To me, it's just saying, well, and the Mavs are about the right play, but I have the Pelicans 
somewhere a little short of 40%. They're a little short of 20% here. So what do you think, though? I talked about this before on a how to play. We're ruling out the Spurs and Rockets, duh. You and I are ruling out the Grizzlies. What if we do both? Is this a spot Ooh. to say, you know what? Let's bet against the Grizzlies and take Mavs and Pelicans. You play them together. You're basically getting Mavs or Pelicans to win the Southwest at something around minus 200. What do you think of that? What if we go a step further and we do my my straight forecast, <laughs> buddy? Come on. You like the longer numbers. I know you don't like the complex op- outcomes. But at DraftKings, uh, Mavericks 1, Pelicans 2 is plus 500. Pelicans 1, Mavericks 2 is 850. So if if you follow our logic... Now, I do think if you want to keep it simple, then yes. I think just betting Pelicans and Mavs is a good way to go about it. And that that number probably comes out to a much better one. But um, I, I am kind of with you. It's just, it, it just kind of depends on how much you want to fade Memphis. Like, do you really see this as an opportunity or are you a little bit scared to bet against Memphis? I don't think I am. Yeah. I, I think I'm prepared to bet against Memphis. So, yeah, I, I think, think I'll, so I'll, I'll probably throw in the Pelicans here as well. You know, I mentioned 14 out of 48 teams won 42 games or fewer and won the division, but 14 of them did. And Zion is the kind of player that changes that equation. I worry about the defense. I'm doing their deep dive right now. There's some stuff in the analytics I'm a little concerned about with the starters in particular. Like the CJ McCollum fit was not seamless. Like there's there's some stuff in the idea of the Pelicans. I'm a little concerned is going to be better than the reality, which is pretty normal for preseason. This is going to be better than the reality. The question is just like, how much better can it be? Um, yeah. Should be- yeah I, I would just say to to your betting the one, two outcomes, I, I would caution that on this specific outcome, because for me, again, I don't want the median Pelicans outcome. I don't really know what the median Pelicans outcome is. I'm willing to bet on if it all works out and Zion's healthy and it's all there. I'm willing to take the high end outcome. But to me, this is, I want to fade a high-end Grizzlies outcome. I don't see 56 wins or anything close to it again, but I'm not fading the Grizzlies entirely. They could right. still be solid. They could right. still come back late. So I, I don't want the second place thing because to me, I'll take the high-end Pels outcome, but I don't really want a second place Pelicans. Like either it's going to work or it's really not going to work. You, so you, for me, that's not the right way just for this one. You don't even like my long shot bets. It makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't like my favorites. You don't like my long shots. All right. We're, uh, we're giving the listeners good options. It's true. Uh, okay. So Northwest is interesting. I've impulsively bet. Like I have bets on the nuggets. I, I added a small amount on them to win the title. I'm going to, I hammered their, their over in the win total. I still think there's way good value on that. Nugs are minus 125 at points bet. Uh, lowest number you can get. Wolves are plus 155 at DK. It's the best bet you can get. Blazers 16 to one. Jazz 22 to one. Uh, and OKC is 250 to one. We think the Jazz are out of it. J- while we're recording this podcast, Sean Strani reported that the Knicks and Jazz have reengaged on a, on a deal for for Donovan Mitchell. So Doctor. that's they're, they're done. Um, I don't think the Blazers are going to be good enough to get the division, but I get a little nervous just because a lot of the stuff I've been looking at kind of points to the Blazers as being like there's a lot of value on their over. And once we get into, they're going to be better than expected. Well, how much better? Who knows? Um, the Nuggets, I think, should be the favorite. They are. I think 55.6% implied is about right. That's the best number you can get. And I think that's about right. Wolves are plus 155 with an implied 39.2. That sounds about right. Based off of just like filling in the rest of it. 
Blazers are probably what I think is the best value, but I don't want to bet the Blazers in the spot. I'd rather, honestly, I think I'm just going to be betting the over on all three win totals. I think I'm just mm-hmm. going to take all three of those of those teams and bet the over on their win total and call it a day. I don't want to try and figure out the order of these teams for a number of reasons. Yeah, this this division is mostly a pass for me. I, I think as I look at the odds, this is the one division where I'm like, mm, yeah, that looks about right. Those, those are about the right numbers for me. I see slight value on Denver here. I mentioned earlier the one favorite I might bet. So Denver is implied 55.6%. I put, I would put Denver around like 60-ish, low 60%. I like Denver a lot. We talked about them, but I, I don't know. For a long futures play, that's just not enough of a, of a margin for me to feel like I've got to get my bet in on that. Like I've got a couple percentages to my advantage, but my money is tied up for the next nine months. I don't know that I really need that action. So I think the Timberwolves number is slightly high. The one thing I'm not with you on the Blazers, I, I think this is a two-team race. Like I looked at, well, like for me, this would be a spot where I do the one-two. I'd do a Nuggets-Wolves or a Wolves-Nuggets maybe. I'd look at those. Um, I, I don't think that the others are in play, but I think I'm probably just not going to bother with this one. Well, let me put, I mean, I'll contradict myself a little bit here. The Blazers can't win this division if both the Nuggets and Wolves, or even if one of them go over. Yeah. Right? It's going to have to be that it winds up being Blazers 48. They win the division tiebreaker versus yeah. one of the other two, and the other one finishes like 47, 46. Well, and I'm much happier taking a Cavs in a division where the Bucks are the heavy favorite because, like, for the Blazers to be good, like what you just said, is the Blazers have to have a good outcome and the Wolves and Nuggets have to have bad outcomes. I need yeah. three things now. If my Cavs bet goes well, I need two things. I need the Bucs to take a step back and I need the Cavs to play well. But I don't really, the, the, the Bulls aren't really in play that much in that equation for me. For the Blazers, I have to bet on all three teams kind of hitting somewhat extreme ends of their outcomes. So that's why I, I prefer betting on a division if I'm doing an underdog where there's just one bigger favorite because, you know, somebody gets hurt and now the door is open. The Pacific is. To me, it's the forbidden fruit. It is so tasty <laughs> because these teams are so good. And yeah, I don't want no part of it. The Suns are plus 200 at FanDuel, 33% implied. Uh, the Warriors are plus 210 at DraftKings, 32.3% implied. The Clips at plus 225. The Lakers plus 950. And the Kings uh, 400 to 1. I can make the case for the Suns. I can make the case for the Warriors. I can make the case... For the Clippers, I think the Clipper, I think the Clippers have the best title value bet. That was my big. It's already that's my biggest position going into the season in terms of winning the title. Uh, it is entirely possible that Kevin Durant winds up with the Suns, even though everyone's going to be like, they can't trade Aiden, they can't trade Booker. How are they going to get that deal done? I'm just telling you, that's where he wants to go, and I tend to think that these guys end up where they want. I am not saying that I have inside information on it, but I'm not. I am not willing to be like the Suns are out. I'm not willing to go there. If Kevin Durant goes to the Suns, this number jumps to like minus 400. Um, the Warriors were really could have won this division last year if Steph and Draymond don't get hurt. They finished third in the West when Steph and Draymond. If I told you Steph and Draymond both missed over a month of time and I asked you to, to do the over under for their seed, we would have been going over like four and a yeah. half. And, like, and Clay missed like two And Clay the, the first two months of the season. Uh, the Clippers, incredible talent, maybe the best talent of the uh, overall one through 10, 
arguably. But I don't know if they're going to try. The Warriors are coming off of a title. Why are they going to try? They're going overseas for preseason. Teams that go overseas in preseason tend to go under their win total, which would mean that they're probably not going to win the division. The Suns seem like they're on the verge of collapse after last year, but maybe they just run it back and everything's fine. I have no idea, Brandon. I have no idea. I'm definitely not betting the Lakers, and I'm (laughs) definitely not betting the Kings. I'm staying away from this one entirely. I don't think there's value here. Yeah, I'm with you on all of that. I, I think that you might have expected me to try to pull a Lakers play here. And I was tempted. I thought that was going to be my angle when I started looking at it. And then you it, looked like, at the roster. Yeah. Well, it's because I, I'm still assuming, not on insider info, I'm just assuming that that Kyrie and probably plus one is going to be on the roster. But even with that assumption, yeah. again, back to the division we just talked about, there's three good teams besides the Lakers in the division. So I need a trade to happen. I need talent to come in. I need LeBron and Anthony Davis to stay healthy. I need Kyrie to actually play basketball games. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I still need a lot of good things to happen for the team and three other good teams to leave the door open. It's too much. And like, why, why would the Lakers give a rip about winning the division anyway? But it's just, I don't see it. So to me, this is, it's just a stay away. I don't know what's going to happen here. I I'm intrigued. I want to see what happens but I don't want to bet on it. What was interesting to me is, so I, I, I put the odds together for this. The books don't have any idea either. So here, here's the odds at four major books, just one, two, and a three, the order they rank them. At DraftKings, the Suns are the favorite. Clippers and Warriors are tied for second. All right. FanDuel, the Warriors are the favorite in the division. Clippers are second. Suns are third. So the Suns are third in FanDuel. First at DraftKings, at BetMGM, the Warriors are the favorite, tied with the Suns, and the Clippers are third. And then at points bet, we got Suns, Clippers, Warriors, one, two, and three. All four of those books are totally different. Like, uh, this is one spot. If there's one of those three that you want to fade, and you're just like, look, I don't believe in whoever. I don't believe in the Warriors off the title offense. They're too old. They're not going to be healthy. I don't believe in the Clippers, Kawhi and PG, and they won't play like whoever it is. You do like the the Panera style. You pick two and just grab which two of the three do you like. And basically any combo, you're getting like a minus 200. If you like that, go for it. I like all three. Actually, if I had to play one of these, I would probably play the Suns, who I think are slightly undervalued. And especially if they got KD, would obviously the number would be a little better. But I just, I don't see the value here. This is the one division that, is I don't know at, at what point this year I would want to play this either, where I, I just don't think that this is the, the spot to play. This one, I think, is a preseason only. Just bet and then take your losses one way or the other. Don't get caught in trying to... Yeah, I don't think this is a position don't, builder don't, because don't, there's don't too much volatility yeah. with all these teams. So if you want to grab a team and just and hang on for dear life, go for I'll, it. I will say objectively, I think the Suns have the best EV. And the reason I would say that is... Me too. The Warriors coming off of the title, the preseason thing really is going to be a thing I'll talk about in the win total stuff. It really, like, the trend on this is pretty stark. Um, they got a little worse. They lost Otto Porter. They lost Gary Payton second. right? They're counting on internal development, which they should have, but it's enough to ding them. The Clippers just, they're going to rest guys, and they never take the regular season all that seriously. And it's Kawhi, who we haven't seen play in two years, and or in a year, like all of these things combined. So the only team I know that is, is not missing a major piece 
that made additions in the offseason. They get Darius Saric back. They add Josh Akogi. Didn't lose anybody significant is the Phoenix Suns. That was the one seed last year. And they actually fit my model of overperforming teams tend to, I know this sounds crazy, teams that overperform the year prior tend to go over the following season. They overperform last season by a pretty high amount. So uh, I think the Suns are the best objective value in the Pacific, but I will not be betting it because yikes. So that's your division. How to bet. We'll be back on Thursday with a guide to the NBA schedule and how to react to betting from that perspective. My thanks to Dan Titus for his help producing this episode. Make sure to download the Action Network app where you can follow Brandon for all of his picks for NFL and NBA. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time. And let's get buckets.